Colossians 3. And by the way, I just want to thank my wife for being such a support to me all these years. We've been married 47 years, I think. 48. 48, 48 years. 48 coming you, you know. up. And uh, God's on the throne. And I do have to say that when we are coming, we live with our grandkids. And two of them ran out and wanted to give us a hug. One's five and one's eight. eight. So they came over. We're in the car about ready to go. And Sam and Hannah come over. And Hannah's like the little cuddly little gal that she is. And she wants to hug both of us. So we open the door and we get the hug. And so she says to me, and this is what I thought she said. Of course, I was corrected. I put on my hearing aid, so I should be able to hear Ben. <laughs> and um, so she looks at my, you know, these little buttons here. She says, Grandpa, you look, you look just like the president. And then I thought she said, but you look older. Susan said, I heard, but you look much better. <laughs> so I'll take the second part better than the first. There's nothing like your grandkids, and few that have children don't have grandkids yet. You'll see what we're talking about when your grandkids are around you, and uh, it's a whole different dynamic. So we're going to read from Colossians, uh, Colossians, 1, Colossians 3, verse 1, and I think I need to do this. Oh, look at this. So Susan's going to read. If you would please stand with us, please. Honor God and his word. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, out of your mouth, Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Character of the new man, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful." Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. 
You could be seated. That is a mouthful. I don't know how many people had a chance to read those words this week. I've read them I don't know how many times, and with Susan, without Susan, and there's just so much there. Practice, practice, practice. You know, someone once said that the, and I believe this, the Christian life isn't anything that you can do. It's something you receive. All the things that it tells us to do, that the scripture tells us to do, you cannot do. Because if you could, we'd be back in the law. It would be you and I trying to do our best and to do our duty to God and country to do, you know, keep doing it. Um, and try to, to better yourself. Now, we're not talking about changing behaviors and things that we do and actions and reactions, those sorts of things. We're talking about an inner life that you're not practicing to try to be someone. You're not trying to practice to become someone else. You are practicing what God says you are in Colossians 1 and Colossians 2, Because in Colossians 1 and Colossians 2, it shows you who Jesus is. So you have to stop looking at the mirror of natural things, and you have to look at the mirror of spiritual things, who you really are. And that you can't can't even do that unless you have the power of his spirit in your life leading you to the truth. That's what Jesus told Pilate when Pilate said, what is the truth? And in today's world, in our world today, people don't know what the truth is. And for you to say that, well, I know the truth, they think you're, they think you're crazy. They think you're nuts. They think you're arrogant. But the God of the universe, the God of all creation, came and revealed himself to you and me through his son, Jesus Christ. Remember, the scripture says that you can't, you can't come to Jesus unless God reveals him to you. Those people here and online that are born again of the Spirit, Jesus came to you. You did not come to Jesus. He came from heaven to come to you. He left beauty beyond beauty to come here and reveal himself to you. But he was sent by God. Even though he was God, he put aside his, his, uh, his royal robes and was dressed in, in a veil of, of humanity, just like you and me. But he never sinned. And he came and revealed himself to you. And God opened your eyes. And when you came to Jesus, the word of God, the son of God, the beloved son of God, when you came to him, what Jesus did was he revealed the father to you. He can't be your father unless you have the right relationship. And the person you were before that you were born again was in wrong relation to God. From inception, all of us, from our first parents, we were totaled. Now, I'm not a car guy, but they tell me that if you, uh, and we probably, many of us have probably tried to do this, you had a car that the, the frame was bent. And so the inspector, the maintenance guy looks at your car and said, Mike, you can't drive this car, it's totaled. I said, there's nothing wrong with it. The car looks good, but when you drive it, it's going down the street like this, and uh, you can't get a sticker. It's totaled, even though it looks good. You just got a paint job. There's something with the frame that's wrong. Any car people here? Isn't that true? 
You can't, you can't drive the car. You and I, in the world that we live in, you were told from birth because your first parents, because of sin. And then when you were old enough to know better, you sinned on purpose. You sinned because you wanted to sin. It was a choice you made. And we were totaled. So God did something. But he did it before you were born. He did it before all of us were born. He had to kill you. He could not accept you. He couldn't accept me. And from the world that many of us came from, it was always a religious trial for us to try to get better. But the more we tried, maybe many of you you know, would, would, would agree with me that the more you tried, the worse it became. So finally you give up. And if you look in society around, around us, isn't it true that many people that we see have given up? They've given up on the government, given up on church, given up on God, given up, period, on, on relationships, good relationships, to just do whatever they felt like doing. When Jesus came to the earth, he saw people and he said they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were lost. Why does he use the term sheep? Because we're dumb. It's not a word of endearment. (laughs) I don't like to say I'm dumb. And I think I'm an intelligent human being. But some of the things I do would prove that I'm dumb. And some of the things you do as a human being and your choices that you make. They're dumb choices. Of course, our grandkids say, you can't say dumb. I said, that's dumb. What you're doing is dumb. The grandkids will always go, Grandpa, you can't say that. I said, I'm saying it to you because it's true. <laughs> Susan's father had a great word. He says, you're being a dumbbell. <laughs> I guess you can't see the word dumbbell, huh? But we do dumbbell things. So God gives us new life in Christ Jesus. So Colossians 2, Colossians 3 kind of shows us um, you used to be this way, but now you're somebody else. If then, there's where you were. Now this is who you are. And this is the hard part. That you are not what you think you are. You are who God says you are. So the focus has to be on what, he's, what he says and what he's done. And the God that we serve, the God of salvation, the God of Jesus Christ, This God, the creator of all things, has the first and last word in everything he says. And and, and, and let me say something, you know, for you teachers and parents and everything else. Obedience is the key of salvation. Obedience is the key for success in life to the right things, obeying. If you can't have a person obey, that person's going to be scattered. When you obey God, you're in a tractor beam of success in in a spiritual sense. You're in a tractor beam going in the right direction. When I do this, it's talked about revival. If I take one step this way, by an act of my own will, I took a a step this way. I chose to go in that direction. God has given us his direction for your life and my life, all of us. 
And when we don't do that, for those who are born of the Spirit, as he said to Nicodemus, unless you're born from above, unless you're born of the Spirit, unless you have a second birth, you cannot see the kingdom of God. How you see the kingdom of God and how your eyes are open is by obedience. Simple as, as that. It's obedience to his word. Now, let me put an ad in for the people who are online in here. You're receiving the word of God this morning as the bread of life. <clears throat> you eat this word. It is life to you and me. <clears throat> but when I, when I met Susan and I was in college, the first time I went to her house, I had the thumb from Manchester, New Hampshire to Sudbury, Massachusetts on a Saturday morning after I was partying all night. I had a hangover like this. But I told her, this is before cell phones or anything else, and I wasn't a Christian then. I wasn't a believer in Jesus. I I was a practicing uh, religious person, if you will. But I didn't, I believed that there was a God. So, but when I went from Manchester, New Hampshire, I told her I'd be there on Saturday. So I thumbed from Manchester, New Hampshire, all the way to Sudbury on a Saturday morning with a hangover. I mean, I, I was, I was out, of, out of sorts, and so a buddy of mine gave me a, a ride half the way. Then I thumbed the rest on Route 20, I think, that goes from Marlboro all the way to Sudbury, and I got to her house. Now, I could have called her. I could have called her on the phone. We didn't have Zoom back then. We, didn't, we couldn't stream live online. Or I could have called her and said, hey, honey. You know, I didn't call her honey then. I just said, uh, Susan, um, let's talk. Let's just talk, and I'll have a cup of coffee. You'll have a cup of coffee or whatever. We'll just we'll do that. I didn't do that. I wanted to be with her. You understand? Now, revival starts... When we turn, our, when we turn our, our, our actions, our behavior towards God, towards what he's saying to us. And what he's saying to us after having come through this pandemic is that he's done a tremendous amount of pruning in the church. And that pruning is to bring, bring forth more fruit. You're here this morning, you're online this morning because you want to hear the word of God. Not for something to do. But I have to challenge everybody here and the people who are online. We have to come together. I came to touch that woman. I came because I loved her. And we come together to church together here despite all the negatives to come to touch each other. It's vitally important in this generation at this hour to come together. There are risks involved. But let me, give you a, let me give you some news if you didn't know this. In the business that I'm in, we know a little bit about actuarial science. And do you know what the mortality rate is in Goffstown, New Hampshire, or Manchester, New Hampshire, or where it is? We have a place in Florida. Do you know what the mortality rate is here? 100%. You're all going to die. Everybody. You're all going to die unless Jesus comes back first. So there's no risk in dying. You're going to die. Four weeks ago, my sister-in-law died. Well, she went home to be with the Lord. My brother Eddie told me, he said, you know, Mike, that uh, Denise said she doesn't want any phone calls in heaven. But he said, I wouldn't mind a phone call from her. Listen, this is the time for us to come together. It takes courage to come to God. Would you agree with me? I mean, with the negative things, there is a devil, the ruler of this world, 
right, is come to put the, to douse the flame, but there's one in you that's greater than he that's in the world. The Holy Spirit in you is the power of God. It's the person of God who leads you in the truth. We must come together. We want to survive and grow, but we want the next generation to grow as well. I want my grandkids to know that their grandparents were believers in Jesus Christ, not just during the week, but every day of their life, what came out of their mouth. Far from perfect, but forgiven. I know on whom I have believed. And that he is able to keep that which we, I have committed to him until that day. And I'm going to drag as many people to heaven as I possibly can. And that's what you're doing. Susan and I talked about, she says, you know, they, it was nets that they said, cast your nets out. It wasn't just a net, it was nets. He only threw out one net. Listen, you are a net. You're a walking net. But we have to be encouraged. And that, that courage has to go to your kids. The reason I can encourage you is because I need so much encouragement. But I have a father in heaven who encourages me daily. But I got to stick my nose. I got to stick my nose in that word daily. Listen, if I, if, I had a, um, if I had a health issue with my liver and my liver wasn't working, my understanding is you have to go get dialysis. And my dad had that. But you have to go or else you're going to die within a certain period of time if you don't get that dialysis. Yes, we come to God, we worship him, we thank him, we praise him. And we should. We should be thankful to him. But at the same time, I do understand that if I don't get that dialysis, if I don't get cleansing in my life on a daily basis, how, far, how long would it be before pretty soon they would say, well, Mike, uh, is no, we're not going to invite you to preach ever again. And all of a sudden, your neighbors or your friends said, you know, there's something wrong with you. You smell, you stink. It's a spiritual stink. It's a spiritual smell. It's corruption. The only way you're cleansed is by the blood of Jesus Christ on a daily basis. And it's an action. It's an action. It's a behavior. And that's why he says, listen, put to death these particular things. And how do you do that? By going in the opposite direction. These things, when it's written in the New King James, when you look in the contemporary Bible, you look at the New, uh, New Living Translation, talk about sexual uh, immorality. Listen, do I have to explain to you and everybody in this room what sexual immorality is as compared to what God says is morality, is moral and true? Do, I have, do we have to specifically show it to you? You see it every day in your life. You have to choose. And listen, all the men and all the women here, we're all tempted. But thank God there was one tempted before us who went through all these things that you're reading here and he overcame it by the power of the Spirit of God as a human being. And there's our leader. He's our commander. He's our commander-in-chief. He's our captain. He went through it and we're going to go through it. But it's not going to be easy. I want, you know, the victory that he's given to us is something we have to receive and, and walk with. When you read Colossians 3, put off all these things. You have a new man. You know, Tom Brady, it says, put on the, uh, as the elect of God. We were voted by God. The one, the, the one person, one being who has the vote, he says, you are, you are the elect of God. I've been elected. Not, not by a government, not by a people group, but by one living God. It says, you are the elect of God. Holy and beloved. 
And so I'm a new, so he says, put on a new man. Tom Brady, uh, if anybody doesn't know, he's not going to be playing Sunday for the New England Patriots. He is playing for a different team. So you know what he did? He took off the old clothes. You know, all your Brady signs and all that sort of, you don't wear them anymore. He didn't play for for the New England Patriots. He took it off. His old contract is gone. And he stepped into a new contract, paid for by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And since that happened, he put on a new set of uniforms. I don't particularly like them. I think they look ugly. He looks better in, in red, red and blue. But that's who he is. And guess what? He acts like it. He actually acts like he belongs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can tell. And you have people in Florida saying, he's our Tommy. What? What? All the fanatical Patriots fans are pulling their hair out of their head. And then, you know, we have a battle for quarterback in, in, uh, in New England. When God says to us in his word, put on the new man, the contract with the old man is gone. By faith, you died in Christ. He had to kill his own son in order for that to happen. And we heard, you know, Ed Hires mentioned it last week about giving Ben up for a murderer. And Ben, it's good to see you and, and Jill and your family here. All the young people, the millennials, thank you for coming. Thank you for growing. We need you here. Not that you haven't been here before, but I just thought I'd make an announcement because you're a public figure. <laughs> and you're the son of Ed Hires. The beloved son of Ed Hires. And, you, and your kids, too. <laughs> It's time, it's time, it's time for the church to be the church. Yesterday's gone, you can't use, you you can't, I don't want to hear when I call your phone, due to COVID, I'm not answering uh, today. Due to COVID or due to the new variant, listen, if you look at the news on a daily basis and you're going to be focused there rather than the news from heaven, you will not move one step forward. You do not, and listen, it's by grace, and I get it. Everything God has given us is by the favor of God, not because of what you did. But it's because he's given you his grace and his favor. He's given you the power. The spirit of God, who for believers lives in us, gives you the power to step out in courage and in faith. And to exercise your faith, practicing what we are in Christ. And what not to practice is a whole litany, a buffet line of what not to eat. So when you're going through the buffet line, you know, there are people who understand now, I can't, I can't eat that on a regular basis. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this. The, the power to choose is in your lips. The power of life and death, the scripture says, is in your lips. It's in your heart. He's here with you. But you can't say to God, well, I didn't know. I, you know. Listen, if you're born again of the Spirit, if you're not born again of the Spirit, please see us after, and we'll lead you in a prayer to help you understand who you really are in Christ Jesus. So going forward, you don't practice these things. And if you don't practice, you know, I, I mean, if, I mean, you take Claude and Joanne. They walk five miles a day 
So I said, you know, and I walk a couple miles too. I said, you know, I can, I can walk like they can walk. So I walked two, two miles and two and a half miles. I said, my hips are hurting. I said, how the heck are they doing that? How are they walking five miles a day? They look terrific, by the way. How are they doing that? They practice. And what they don't practice, they sit on the couch watching, watching the Olympics, if you will, which I don't know if anybody's watching. I haven't watched any of that. But they don't just watch it. They act, they're actively in it. Do you understand? You're, you're in it. You're not, you know, you're in the fight. God's calling you up to a higher place. He's giving you the power to do it. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So put on that new man. Think like Brady. The contract that you had is over with the devil, with your flesh, with the world. You're not of this world. And so when it says, lift, put your mind in, in heaven, I, I know the devil will tell you, well, geez, you're so heavenly minded, you know earthly good. That's not God's people. That's not me. That's not you. When you think, when you take the mind of Christ, it says we have the mind of Christ. He's not crazy. He's not depressed. He's not discouraged. He's not immoral. God's mind is pure. What is my mind? What am I thinking daily? When I'm not doing something I know I have to do, in between those things, when I go to bed at night, are you taking some scripture, putting it into your brain, sinking down into your heart? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And it's going to be this battle until you go home to be with the Lord. And nobody here, as Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for that which is ahead, press toward the mark for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. Do not let anything keep you from God's best for you. His destiny for you is a future and a hope, not only on the earth, but in heaven. People are living their life today as if this is it. This is not it. And people are going to be very surprised. And remember this, everybody's going to be a believer when, when we die. Everybody becomes a believer. For some, it's going to be too late. Because they're going to believe then. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess to the glory of God that Jesus Christ is Lord. In Romans 1, 18 through 20, it said, although they knew God, they didn't give him glory and they were not thankful. And if you read the rest of Romans 1, Romans 2, talk to your pastor. He'll tell you, the, 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 the dissension of your moral life, you become a fool when you don't give God glory, who he is. He created the universe. No matter what this, the universities tell us, no matter what science, follow the science. No, no, he's the creator of all things. I'll follow him, right? And when we follow him, he leads you on the right path of righteousness. In Romans, professing to be wise, although they knew he existed, they refused to give him thanks. They refused to give him glory, and they became fools. And this is what's happening all around us. The foolishness, the, the, the um, lack of common sense with people, simply because they refuse to believe God. You may look like a fool to the world, and that's okay. But there's a time coming. And A.W. Tozer, 
a Christian writer, said, you know, we're going to find out the truth. People are going to find out the truth. And he says, I can wait. You keep doing what God's called you to do. You put on the new man. You're not playing for that other team anymore. You're not of the world anymore. You put on the fullness of God, but you come, you do daily. You don't think those people that are practicing, those elite athletes, are sitting home every day. They're all practicing. Practice your faith. Practice your faith. Practice your faith. And then you do it together. Not only in the family, but then us as together, as a church, you come together and you touch one another. That brings healing to one another, brings forgiveness to one another. As Christ has forgiven you, so we forgive one another. And that glue that holds us all together, that epoxy, that glue, stronger than gorilla glue, is love. It isn't your love. It's his love for you. And today, when you meditate, just think for a minute. The same love that he loves you with today, when you get to tomorrow, if you should live on this earth tomorrow, that same love is going to be there tomorrow. It never fades. It never goes away. It never tarnishes. You buy a new car, and by the afternoon, there's a ding in the car. What is it that you're going to buy that's new? That I'm notorious for this. Bought a brand new pair of of leather shoes, really nice shoes, and I'm opening a door someplace, there was a nail stuck under the door, and I went right across my shoe, right in the front, big scar. You can't take that out, Ben. (laughs) Big scar on my shoe. I said, well, that's the way the earth is. Just when you think you get it together, just think when you look good, right? What happens? You get older. I said, where the heck did the time go? We got got older, Brenda. Leon, we got older. Okay, we used to be like some of you young people. We used to be like that. And you go, yeah, I'm sure. We were cocky. We were good looking. You know, we had it going on. I mean, we, we could do that. We could dance. We could do some of those things, right? We got videos of you two when you were young. I got pictures when you were married. And they go, <laughs> John Delange and his wife over there. You know, we were young that way. But you're going to be old someday. If you live long enough, you're going to be old. And then what happens? How you live your life. All of us who were born again of the Spirit are going to heaven. That's my home. In, 18, in the mid-1840s, when all those people from St. Louis were going west, go west, young man, right? You know, those grooves from St. Louis all the way out west are still there today. They were going west and nothing was going to stop them. Nothing's going to stop you and I. Nothing. Zero. Because God is for you and God is with you. He's with you on this journey. He needs you to make it. You're the apple of his eye. You're something that he created in Christ Jesus. Everything that he has is yours. You have to walk like a king. You have to walk like you know how to walk. You have to walk with your chin up. You have to walk... And in forgiveness, when the devil shows up and says, yeah, but you did this, did this, 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 shut up and go to hell. This is a battle. This is a fight. You've got to know who you are. I have the right to do that. You have the right to do that. Men, you have a right to say no to pornography. And it's there on everything. I don't know if, I'm, if I turn on my computer. I'm a professional. I turn it on, on one particular thing. And there's... There's all kinds of pictures on something that should not be there. I have to make a decision every day. Women, same thing. 
how we dress, how we talk is a, is a, is a, um, it's a word to the generation that you live in. And yeah, in the last days, it says, I'm going to send wonders. Wonders above, I'm going to send wonders and amazing things. You're a wonder. People wonder why you are like you are. How can you possibly live that life by the power of God who lives within me? That's how. You are a moral person. All of us. And all the things that you did, that blood is sufficient. You get up and you start walking in a different direction. You're going to fall again, you get up. All the very things that are written there. And that's why you start singing to yourself. Start talking to yourself. You're talking to the spirit in here with the very, with the very words that God has spoken to you. Read the scriptures. Stick your nose in there. I don't care if it's one verse. But stick your nose in there. Sit down and say the verse to yourself. You're a spirit being. You have a soul. And you have a body. This body's going away. Your soul's going to be there. And your spirit man is going to continue forever. This is the time and this is the place. You have a new ruler in your life. And his name is love. But that love is peace. If you've received the love of God, then you have his peace. The peace which passes all understanding. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill towards men. Listen, as Jesus said later on, I'm not, I haven't come here to bring peace on the earth. I came here to bring a sword. Mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, father against son. I mean, doesn't it say that? Why? Because a person comes to know Jesus Christ and it differentiates that person from many. You don't have to try and be different. But by walking a different walk, all of a sudden the love of God is in you. You're receiving the grace of God, the forgiveness that you need, and you can give it to somebody else. And when you do that, they're seeing that doesn't come from you. It comes from the one who lives within you, that you know and you meditate that I'm thankful and grateful. Therefore, to know the true and living God is to know Jesus Christ. You want to know God? Know Christ. To know Christ is to know who you really are. That's the key. You want to know who you really are. And today, as we finish, look at God's word. Go back in there and just read it over again. Speak his word to yourself. Sing his word to yourself. Let the word of God drill down in your subconscious, right into your heart. It's him that's going to change you. Not by might, not by power but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. You will succeed, though you are few and weak. What other word do you, are you going to rely on? What other word are you going to rely, rely upon that's not going to bring disappointment to your life? Your bankroll? Your health? Is it, is it Pastor Greg? And thank God for Pastor Greg. Thank God for Ed Hires. Thank God for our pastors and elders, for Steve. Uh, Hamas, thank God for these people that are godly people and leading us, but they cannot be perfect where if you look to them and they, they mess up a little bit, all of a sudden, oh, I'm, I'm going to leave the church. Look, you do that at your own peril. You do that at your own peril. The answer of salvation is with us together, right? It's the spirit of God within the group here. Would you stand with me? Father, what an awesome God you are. We just want to thank you for Jesus. We want to thank you for the word of God, for the will of God, the power of God, Holy Spirit. We need all of you. And so we just want to thank you today for this day. 
we're reminded this is the first day of the week. It's the day you rose from the dead. Why would I be here if this wasn't true? And if I didn't need you, Lord, we desperately need you. We need more of you. So, Lord, I pray over my brothers and sisters here and online. I pray that the Lord would expand your heart to receive more. The north, the the south, the east, and the west. Expand our hearts to be able to receive more of God's grace. As we receive more, create a hunger and thirst within us, O Lord God, to receive more. That through us, the conduits of these beings, from us would flow rivers of living water in Jesus' name. If anybody needs prayer, just come right.